What is this thing that men call death? This quiet passing in the night. Tis not the end, but genesis of better worlds and greater light. O God, touch thou my aching heart and calm my troubled, haunting fears. Let hope and faith, transcendent pure, give strength and peace beyond my tears. There is no death, but only change with recompense for victory won. The gift of him who loved all men, the Son of God, the Holy One. Of all the victories in human history, none is so great, none so universal in its effect, none so everlasting in its consequences as the victory of the crucified Lord who came forth in the resurrection that first Easter morning. that was our beloved prophet, President Gordon B. Hinckley. Welcome to LDS Real People, Real Lives. I am your host, Stephanie Colvin, coming to you from Southern California, and it is truly a madhouse here. Uh, Will we ever be back to normal? I don't know about you, but I am so over this COVID-19 virus and the effects on our society. I don't even know if you can hear it in my voice right now, but I've been dealing with a lot of allergy problems, which have kicked in my seasonal asthma. So when I go out amongst the world and the people, when I start to cough, you should see the people give me a wide berth. (laughs) And I also get a lot of what I call stink eyes, stink faces. Um, And, you know, I understand I don't blame them. But come on, there's a lot of different reasons why we sniffle, sneeze, and cough. Um, This COVID-19 thing just needs to go away. But alas, I fear that's not going to happen, uh, at least for not now. We have to own our part in bringing this virus to the it shall pass stage, as promised by President Russell M. Nelson, our beloved prophet. I'm always grateful for our leaders, the apostles, prophets, our state presidencies and bishoprics, and most importantly, for the, the Holy Ghost, who is truly a member of the Godhead who leads and guides us through these latter days with comfort and peace, knowledge and enlightenment. The heavens are truly open and ministering to us often and daily. Please make no mistake about it. For this week's episode, through prayerful consideration and doing the Come Follow Me this week, of course, we're in the book of Alma. I just love Alma. Uh, I felt so compelled to talk about resurrection. What is it? What does it do? And why is it so important? Why do the scriptures teach us of resurrection so often with great clarity? Now, this took me back to a conversation I was having with my mom months ago um, when we were talking about antichrists and what we're taught about antichrists. At that time, we were specifically talking about Korhor and what he was teaching in the Book of Mormon. Um, He was teaching anyone who basically would listen that the resurrection is false and fictional. I mean, come on. How can our bodies be reunited with our spirits after death? It sounds so insane, right? 
And why would we want to reunite with bodies that brought us so much pain, sorrow, agony, fear, doubt, and so much more? Are we crazy? Have we lost our minds? Why would a loving Father in Heaven and Redeemer and Savior, Jesus Christ, want to reunite us with our bodies when we have suffered so much in them? I tend to focus on the suffering because daily in our home, we suffer. Not the typical sufferings of daily living like, uh, you know, maybe difficulty getting out of bed, dealing with children who are arguing, uh, paying bills, maybe some contentious interactions within the family and the adults or others, problem solving one too many times in a 24-hour period. But there are daily sufferings that we must endure as part of this experience in education on earth. I focus on sufferings because the trauma in our lives and the mental illness is a constant, a constant Goliath. And I truly feel like David more often than not. Finding happiness and joy can be elusive for us. Every day it's like we're in survival mode around here and it gets so very old. Now, I'm 47 and thinking of possibly living, what, another 30, 35 years of this. And the world just seems to be getting more and more wicked, evil, and just quite frankly, it's it's sad. But, and this is a huge but, this is why I love the gospel of Jesus Christ, as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, His church. Everything about the gospel of Christ keeps us in it helps us focus, even assists us in finding moments of joy and bliss in the midst of the chaos and the difficult. I love the Book of Mormon and the constant reminder throughout the book to live after the manner of happiness. Happiness doesn't just happen. It has to be made and created with action on our part. We have to do our best to discipline our minds, to focus on the good, to find joy in the good and the blessings, to be able to identify those blessings and to allow the good to be the wind beneath our wings, so to speak, as we endure. And mind you, he has commanded us to endure it well. So let's focus on the resurrection. There's so much peace and contentment, a lot of reassurance that we can be given through the teaching of the resurrection, which truly is the restoration of all things. So we will pick this topic apart a bit today and find the happiness that we can have by understanding this very precious gift given to us me and you out of the painful sacrifice and redemption of our Savior, Redeemer, and Advocate with Father in Heaven, Jesus Christ. So there's the resurrection where our bodies will be reunited with our spirits after our mortal death. However, there are also resurrections where we overcome. We overcome in our lives difficulties and hardships utilizing the power of the atonement, which empowers us with divine powers. The one biggest resurrection that comes to my mind for me personally in my life is my return to the gospel. 
it was truly a resurrection for me in that I was raised in the gospel. I was taught gospel principles and foundation. I was taught the truths of the divinity of Christ and God, the Holy Ghost as well. I was given all that was available to me in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then I left. I graduated high school and I knowingly and willingly left the church and the gospel to go out into the cold world to fend for myself like a naive idiot. Oh my gosh, I look back at that and I was so naive and in some respects really, really just dumb. So I stepped out into the world always reminds me of the departure of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. And I faced the world head on with little to no experience and definitely no wisdom. I did what I always do as I jump in head first and I swim, kicking my way to the surface and then swimming on to survive and thrive. When my husband found the gospel and pursued it with all haste, because that's the way he rolls. Anything that he hones in on, zones in on, um, that he makes the center of his attention, he moves on it and he moves on it quickly. Of course, he has OCD, so please understand how he took the gospel and his education to 100% with utter perfection in mind, which we know that cannot be done, especially with the gospel. However, I didn't realize that he was going to do that. We were still so young in our relationship that I hadn't understood him well enough. Yet what he would do once given the gospel and the missionaries to open and enlighten his mind. And it was truly amazing. I was so awestruck. It's something I'll never forget being a firsthand witness of his conversion. All of a sudden... We were having constant gospel talks and conversations. We were reading the Ensign magazines and discussing the articles and teachings, as well as the blessings of obedience. We were at church every Sunday for three hours, as was the structure in 2013, and doing so much more because we know that being in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have a, we're given a lot of opportunities to participate. As with anything I do, I struggle to get on board because I've always had addictions that work against the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, I still had my conversion moments watching my husband accept and be converted himself. I was definitely born again when we decided to get married and fulfill our whirlwind weekend of marriage on Friday, baptism on Saturday, and confirmation as well as the gift of the Holy Ghost given to my husband on Sunday. This was October of 2013. My resurrection happened shortly after that weekend. It was a resurrection of my mind, body, and soul to finally being willing to trust the Lord, to give up my selfish addictions that I used to survive in my life and to be all in. I'm not perfect by any means. I struggle all the time. I fall off the wagon from time to time, but now I know how to use the gospel of Jesus Christ, specifically the teaching of repentance and the power, the immense power that comes from the doctrine of repentance in my life so that I can continue to charge forward without wanting to give up. It's so easy to want to give up. 
more often than not, I can feel as if the gospel isn't for me because my innate desires to handle my challenging life still don't line up with the gospel of Christ at times. And this is why I always tell anyone who listens or asks, when you expose your mind and your body to things that are contrary and sinful, uh, we can repent. We can even overcome. But for me, those things I've exposed myself to become fuel for the adversary to wreak absolute havoc in my life, especially in my mind. I cannot stand Lucifer. Never give the adversary any mercy because he will never give you any mercy. He is truly wicked. The resurrection of my spirit and mind to be a disciple of Christ has been my saving grace, and yet I still struggle, and sometimes I even push back. When I recognize these red flags, I hit my knees. I think of all things I know to be true and right and correct. I count my blessings, and I look to my husband, who brings me so much joy, love, and exhilaration into my life. He has changed my life into something my prior self would not recognize. And I'm so grateful to him, his faith, his ability to identify and see truth and live it. I love you, babe, so so very much. Thank you for being my personal savior. So getting back on the topic of resurrection and, um, you know, really the purpose for this episode, um, I had shared what I shared earlier about my life because, you know, the resurrection for me is a, it's a restoral of all things, but it's also the ability to overcome all things. And so we can have different types of resurrections in our life. But the one resurrection that I want to get back to is the resurrection that we are taught in the book of Alma. I believe it's Alma that's talking to his son, Coriantin, and he's teaching him about resurrection, about the fall of course of Adam and Eve and how our bodies, our experience here is going to be very challenging. You know, have you ever noticed, I'm sure you have, how just being in a mortal body seems to be so contradictory to everything the gospel teaches um, in so many different ways. We have a lot of influences around us. We have temptations. We have desires. We seek pleasures. There's just things that we want, that we think we want, or that we need we want, or that we definitely have to have. And, um, you know, because of that and because of the fall of Adam, because they were put out of the Garden of Eden, they were physically and spiritually put away from God. So the temporal ability to talk to them and to have that open communication was taken away from them as part of the fall. So that, in a sense, is kind of a spiritual death. And that's huge. You know, that's, I can only imagine how Adam and Eve felt, but I do honestly believe that they knew that this had to happen. Uh, in order to fulfill the plan of salvation and happiness that they had to leave the garden, 
they had to go out and live in the cold and dreary world and they had to figure out how to find joy, happiness, peace, contentment, um, comfort while all of this is going on. And I think, and you know, for me in my life, that's definitely something I focus on a lot is no matter my circumstances and what's going on around me, um, because I truly feel like I kind of walk around with a tornado just whirling around me and I'm in the center of it. And yet somehow, some way, I always feel this sense of peace and comfort. And I know that that truly comes from God and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful that we can have the gift of the Holy Ghost and invite that gift into our lives and utilize the gift of the Holy Ghost so that we can have that comfort and peace when so much is uh, just going wrong in the world. Is just, there's so much chaos and in anarchy and violence and hate and just you know the things that were talked about were in the gospel that were taught is to have that Christ-like charity and love and um, unfortunately it seems to fall short out in the world and um, you know I, I don't want to always focus on there's always good and bad and we know that those two trains so to speak positive and negative run side by side and that is the purpose of this is to have opposition in all things but um, we can have happiness during our trials and this is what's possible through the power of the gospel of jesus christ the empowerment of the atonement and the teachings and the doctrine that's found within and then you add obedience on top of that it just magnifies that divine power in your life exponentially in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, it says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And that's a bit about what I just talked about, is that because of the fall of Adam, you know, we're all going to die. It's just a part of this experience, and we have to have that mortal death. But we also have to have the divine immortal resurrection. And, um, you know, we're promised that we will have eternal lives and be made alive in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is what he has given to us. We are saved from physical death. It's the reuniting of the spirit with the body in a perfect immortal state, no longer subject to disease or death. And, you know, that is really important to us. And we hold on to that just with great hope, great hope and great faith. Um, you know, we may not suffer tremendously physically in my family, but we do definitely suffer tremendously mentally. So when I think about the restoration of all things, I know that that mental illness and that kind of dark cloud that kind of follows us around because of the mental illness and the challenges associated with that. And then on top of that, we have our normal challenges of just daily living and learning and growing and progressing in this mortal education and experience, so to speak. In Alma uh, chapter 11, verses 42 through 45, I'm going to go ahead and read this. I appreciate your patience. I just think it's so important, uh, these verses and everything that he says and teaches about um, death and the resurrection. So again, that's Alma chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 42. Now there is a death which is called a temporal death. 
and the death of Christ shall loose the bands of this temporal death and that all shall be raised from this temporal death. So that's a promise that's given to all of us, not just people in the church, not just people who uh, worship Christ and believe in God. This is to every single person that has come to earth. Verse 43, the spirit and the body shall be reunited again in its perfect form. Both limb and joint shall be restored to its proper frame, even as we now are at this time. And we shall be brought to stand before God, knowing even as we know now and have a bright recollection of all our guilt. Okay, verse 43, it is loaded. So I'm going to take the first portion of that. The spirit and the body shall be reunited again in its perfect form. You know, God, Heavenly Father, just thank you. Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you for teaching us this piece of knowledge that we can know that the things that we suffer through, the pains that we feel. Uh, This last weekend, I was helping my brother um, move some things around. And when I went to go and pick up a couple of drawers that were filled with things that had come out of a desk, I felt this immediate pull on my back. Thankfully, I was able to put the drawers back down quick enough that, um, you know, it didn't do a lot of damage. Like I didn't have to quickly go lay, you know, lay down and be immobile for days. But man, my back is so sore and it shoots right up my spine. It goes out through my hips. And, uh, you know, I'm still mobile. I can still do things and walk. And, uh, you know, yesterday I was out in the backyard with my son and we were, uh, you know, taking some plants out and moving things around. And I'm grateful for that. But it's also nice to know that after this experience on earth and this, this estate that we complete, that we no longer have to deal with that stuff anymore. Paper cuts. Paper cuts hurt. Sometimes I think they hurt worse than like a massive road rash or, you know, a huge, I don't know, strawberry or cut in your leg or is anywhere in your body. Those things are super painful. And I just am so grateful to know that we are not going to have to experience those things anymore after this experience on earth after this time here. Um, So moving on in that verse, you know, it's the extra reassurance that both limb and joint shall be restored to its proper frame. Um, And then the second part of that verse, and we shall be brought to stand before God, knowing even as we know now and have a bright recollection of all our guilt. I don't really think judgment day is going to be a situation where we're called out in everything we do and, you know, it's like a courthouse and then you're given your your sentence and you have to go serve your sentence. I think that there's going to be so much honesty um, while you're in paradise or prison that, um, well, obviously prison as you're, you know, working out your need to repent and work through your transgressions and your sins that we are going to be having a bright recollection of the things that we did. And we're going to feel that we're going to feel that. But also on that same note, as we're going to have a bright recollection of all the things that we did that were good, that blessed others lives. 
and we will see and know and feel that as well. So moving on to verse 44. Now this restoration shall come to all, both old and young, both bond and free, both male and female, both the wicked and the righteous. And even there shall not so much as a hair of their heads be lost, but everything shall be restored to its perfect frame as it is now or in the body and shall be brought and be arraigned before the bar of Christ the Son and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, which is one eternal God to be judged according to their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. You know, with this particular verse, I find it so interesting that he's so clear in the teaching that this restoration will come to every single person that has been on this earth, every single person, because we're all children of God. And yet in the world, we're constantly being divided, whether it be by skin color, sexuality, religion, family orientation. I mean, there's so many ways that we divide ourselves here on earth. And yet with the way father works and our savior works, this is available to all. They are not divinely divisive. They are divinely inclusive and they love each of us and want to give each of us the opportunity to receive all that we can and that is available to us. And I am so grateful for this teaching. And this is why knowledge is so very powerful and important. Uh, So verse 45, now behold, I have spoken unto you concerning the death of the mortal body and also concerning the resurrection of the mortal body. I say unto you that this mortal body is raised to an immortal body, that is from death, even from the first death unto life, that they can die no more. Their spirits uniting with their bodies never to be divided, thus the whole becoming spiritual and immortal, that they can no more see corruption. I like the end of that scripture that they can no more see corruption. It really gets my mind going at the possibilities. Can you imagine being so perfect at resurrection, so far from mortality, that corruption is not possible? You know, we know that at the end of the, um, well, we know that during the millennia, that Lucifer will be chained. And he's going to be chained by the people, the righteous people. It's going to be their righteousness that is going to chain Lucifer. And then at the end of the millennia, Lucifer will once again be freed. It's like this one last gasp for him to try to collect any, um, you know, children of God that he can to take with him. And uh, it's very important that we internalize the gospel to our unique individual selves. And that is how we're going to fight back in this war. I don't think that this war between good and evil is necessarily going to be uh, weapons. I think it's going to be more knowledge, but that's just my input, my thoughts, and what I what I believe for now, and subject to further light and knowledge and inspiration, and you know how important it is that we understand the teaching of resurrection and not to fear death. Um, you know, I remember there was a quote by Joseph Smith where 
He's really encouraged the saints to come to know and study out death and life after death. And as I've done that myself personally, what I have found, um, because I have dealt with a lot of death in my life from when I was little to current, is that I've learned a lot. And because I've learned a lot, I don't necessarily fear death. Now, you know, when I'm on my deathbed and I'm going through things, I'm sure I'll have some different viewpoints on that and desires. But right now, um, with the knowledge that I've acquired, I know that death is a part of this mortal experience. We, we have to die. Just as, mu- just as we must be born, we have to die. And um, what I've read is that death is going to be a departure that um, when your spirit leaves your body, it's like pulling a piece of tape off of let's say a table, if you put a piece of tape on a table and you pull it off, it's literally that clean. This is not something that we need to fear. Father in heaven loves us. He was, he's not going to create a death experience. That's going to be, um, scary for us after we pass on. I truly believe that each of us will have comforters that will come to us. They might, they might be family members or really good friends. Um, people that we may know, uh, that will help us transition after we die. Um, but you know, my husband and I were actually discussing yesterday, why is it so important for us to understand the teaching of resurrection? What, if we didn't know about the teaching, teaching of resurrection, would we be okay knowing that once we died here, that things just ended? Would we be okay that once we died here, that we would just went on as spirits? Um, personally for me, if I was to die here after having my spirit and my body together and then going to heaven and only having my spirit, I don't really think that that would be happiness. You know, you, you now know what it's like to have both of them together, which is a perfect union. And if we could not once again be reunited with our body and spirit together, uh, through the resurrection, I think that not only would it stymie the plan of salvation and happiness, but, you know, we would have issues with that. We would have lots to say about that, and it would not be a happiest, a happy state. Um, so, you know, really just trying to understand why the resurrection and the teaching is so important what it means to us individually and as a whole. As a whole, we need to understand all who have come to earth will be reunited with their bodies as a final stage of this experience on earth. And it's exciting to know that this is not the end. Personally, for me, I needed to understand where the dead went again because I've had an experienced death from a very young age and throughout my life. The personal testimony and faith that I have acquired of death and life after death has given me a lot of peace because I know I can trust the Lord, God, Heavenly Father, and my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, to always teach me truth through their servant and member of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost. I know for me personally, the humble assurance that this state, this suffering, this sorrow need not be eternal because we have so much to look forward to. We really do. You know, remember that when we pass and we're reunited with our bodies and resurrected, you know, Christ is making a place for each of us in heaven. And we have a lot to look forward to, a lot to inherit. 
But that's all going to be, of course, predicated upon our faith and our works and being a reflection of God and Christ and the things that we do. Um, I wanted to share, there's a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants. I believe it's in section 42, verse 6. And this is why I love the scriptures. There's such a wealth of information and knowledge. And we know from reading the Book of Mormon and the Bible that those who are without the knowledge get lost. And they usually do not become a delightsome people. So I am grateful for the wealth of resources and knowledge that we have at our fingertips. So Doctrine and Covenant, section 42, verse 6. And ye shall go forth in the power of my spirit, preaching my gospel two by two in my name, lifting up your voices as with the trump of a, as with the sound of a trump, declaring my word like unto angels of God. Now, I know that that's a missionary scripture. Um, and I know that a lot of missionaries use that scripture. And I get it. But for me, that scripture and what, as far as it pertains to the resurrection, is that I know that when we're taught by the missionaries, our teachers, uh, when we listen to our general authority speak and our prophet, um, they are doing it in his name and they are lifting up their voices as if it's a trump. They are shouting truth. They're teaching truth. And they're looking to pierce hearts, minds, and spirits with this truth. And I am grateful to have this truth in my life and to know that not only do we continue to go on after this experience here on earth, but that we truly are here as a preparatory state to become like Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, this plan of salvation and happiness is utterly perfect and heavenly father and Christ have accounted for and provided for every aspect, every conceivable issue, problem that you could ever think about. They have already provided a way through it and the teaching and doctrine of the resurrection is to help us to understand once again who we are, that we are children of a loving Heavenly Father, we are His Spirit children, and that He truly works diligently with all the omniscient power, wisdom, love, mercy, and justice that He has to bring us home. Please, please remember this. Remember that when you exercise your faith, your confidence, your trust in Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, that you're trusting perfect, omniscient, all-knowing beings. There is nobody better to trust than them. And we can continue to trust them through the doctrine and teaching of the resurrection. We have so much to look forward to. And these are wonderful promises and gifts given to us. All we must do is be converted, be faithful, be obedient, and because we're not perfect, be repentant. 
So going back to my story, I had mentioned that sometimes I fall off the wagon. Um, I use things to manage my life. So I definitely self-medicate. And one of those things is food. Um, and I have to make sure that, you know, utilizing food as an anti-anxiety medication or even for depression or just to find happiness and joy, uh, is always a grand principle of teaching for me because it's kind of like Lucifer. He's going to promise all of these wonderful things and on the outside it looks great and it looks like it's the solution and the answer to everything, but it's fleeting. And that is the same with any addiction. It seems like a solution to the problem, but it's fleeting. It's never long lasting and it's usually going to bring yourself harm, whether physically, mentally, emotionally or spiritually or any combination thereof. So we need to just do the best that we can to remember to repent when we do the things that we're not supposed to do to deal with our life. And please know that just as much as God offers justice, because God cannot be God without justice, because of the divine atonement of our sweet lamb, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, God also can offer mercy. And I mention this because I want you to know that the gospel in the church is not for perfect people. I run into this all the time as I talk to other members that they kind of use the gospel to feel down about themselves and where they're at and what they're doing. And that's not the intention of the gospel. We need to remember that there are laws, there are commandments given that are given to us because they love us and they are to protect us. But when we find ourselves breaking those laws and commandments, we can repent. We can be forgiven. We can have our slates be cleaned. So please do not ever believe that anything you can do can ever put you so far off from the mercy and forgiveness that can be given to you through the love and power of the atonement and this beautiful plan of salvation and happiness. And that includes the resurrection. The resurrection is given to each and every person that's ever lived here. And that includes you. You will be restored to your body, your spirit to your body. And whatever knowledge that you left with here will be the knowledge that you will have when you pass on and you go to heaven. And then whatever knowledge you acquire there when you're resurrected, that's the knowledge that you're going to have. So it's so very important that we seek after the knowledge that is of good report, those pearls of wisdom we want to have and come to understand and know. And then we need to turn around and share that knowledge. We need to teach the younger generation, uh, whether it's being a mom, an auntie, a grandma, a friend, or just somebody that they know because of, you know, church or activities that you're involved in. But we do need 
to teach and share this with the younger generations, uh, just like they did in the Book of Mormon and how they kept the plates and they kept passing it from generation to generation. So we have a lot to look forward to. There's so many blessings and we truly can rely upon the principle and teaching of resurrection as it comes from a loving, loving Heavenly Father and Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for giving us time. I have been receiving uh, questions via email and I am accumulating those questions and thinking about doing an episode where I will address those questions um, and just those questions instead of picking a topic to talk about. So if you guys have any further questions, inquiries, or just anything that you want to get off your chest, maybe something that you're dealing with that you're just looking for some input on, um, and maybe some gospel thoughts, please do feel free to email me at ldsrealpeoplerealives at gmail.com. And I can also be reached via direct message on Instagram at ldsrprlpodcast. As always, please just take care of yourself. Stay healthy, stay safe. Most importantly, stay faithful. Do not fear. Fear not, little flock. Take care of yourselves and remember to be kind for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. Until next week, God bless.